What's that mean? My three favorite things. Everything <laughs> else is a plague. It's all been bestowed on us to, to, to ruin all that we know. You've heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. The unholy here, here. <laughs> Meet Bailey. Or better said, listen to Bailey speak. This guy, whenever he speaks, has so much passion behind everything he says. If you've had the pleasure to step into one of our cafes and listen to Bailey talk about his three favorite things, you know what kind of fire I'm talking about. On this episode, we'll be talking about growing up and having San Jose pride, lots and lots of music, going and not going to school, community and culture among specialty coffee shops and what it should be, and having that said culture and community turning into your chosen family. I really enjoyed speaking with Bailey, and I feel super grateful and honored having him share his thoughts and feelings with me. So, Bailey, thank you so much. I hope you're having a great day, and I hope all of you listening are also having a great day. So, great days, happy times from here on out. See y'all later. Do you have any questions for me before we start? What's your sign? What's your astrology sign? Uh, I am a Libra. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm not, but oh my God. Yeah. I know. You're Sagittarius and that's why we... How'd you, how'd you even remember that? Is that a Libra your thing? birthday is in December. How did you... I didn't even remember that. Oh, well, I just remember your birthday and then I know your sign. Is that weird? No, that's... Uh, <laughs> this is where you're supposed to say that's a very Libra trait. Oh my God. Is it really? I don't know. Oh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. I only know anything The only thing I know about is Sagittarius And every time I say that There's always someone's like Oh my god That is such a Sagittarius thing to say <laughs> And I'm like Okay <laughs> Walk away from me <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like This is the last time I go to this Trader Joe's <laughs> I, mean, I go to the other Trader Joe's next time Hey shout out to Trader Joe's In downtown Santa Cruz Oh hell yeah uh, Shouts out to my guy Tyler What's Tyler. up Tyler No right baby That's that real Bay Area Santa Cruz All over the place Kick you in the ass type Spin kick You'll Hardcore see Me and Bailey we, We'll be there We'll be there If you have no rights playing Turn up Slide through We'll bring our earplugs Bring your earplugs Stay safe so, uh, But yeah So yeah I am a Libra that Oh is, my god That is my sign That's adorable I always, think of, I always think of Libra Cause A Sagittarius is like a Um a centaur, right? Like, that's the symbol. I try to think of Libra, I think of a baby giraffe. Oh. I don't know what the hell a Libra is. is. What animal is a Libra? Is it? A, it's not a baby giraffe, no, right? No, I don't is it think it's fish? an animal. It's, no, it's just a scale. Oh, like Liberty. Mm-hmm. Lady Liberty. Justice. <gasps> Justice. Yeah. Uh, Metallica, shouts out. Bay Area, Metallica. <laughs> Justice for all, baby. Yeah. That's a Libra album, I guess. Yep, yep. It's my birth album. That's actually what was playing when I was... Uh, Taking my first breaths. That is adorable. That's fucking sick. No. But yeah, that's I mean, pretty much all the questions I have for you. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, now, I mean, you know me, I'm about to interrupt you like 45 times after this. That's cool. As long as it's not 46, that's then we're good. Uh, 46, <laughs> dude. <laughs> awesome. Oh my god. Okay. Um. Cool. So, coffee, dogs, and riffs. Yes. The man of the hour and the person behind it is. None other than Bailey. Bailey. What's up? Hey. A lot of you listening probably already know who Bailey is or have heard Bailey say something. Oh, no. But now, you know, we are going to have the pleasure of, you're going to meet my friend Bailey now. Hey. And Bailey, where did did you grow up? Because I know... Everywhere. Everywhere. Nah. (laughs) San Jose. 408, 
Shark City. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. But grew up in San Jose, born and raised. Mm-hmm. But when we were really young, we actually moved to Bellingham, Washington for a few years. I remember that, yeah. Little sister was born there. Shouts out, Madeline. Sup? She's my best friend. Other than Evelyn, my best friend Madeline, a.k.a. Little Sis, biologically. And she was born in Bellingham. We lived there in the snow. Small little town up there. Really groovy. A lot of cool bands and music have actually come out of Bellingham. It's probably, what, 15, 20 miles south of the Canadian border. Okay. And so we used to go to Vancouver all the time. Like, that was like, you know, here people like, we're going to San Francisco today. And we're going to spend the day there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So mm-hmm. we go to Vancouver and do that. And we just do, like, you know, poor people shit. Like, go to Vancouver <laughs> to go to Spaghetti Factory. Hell, yeah. You know, and like we're like, oh, fuck, it's Spaghetti Factory. Like, that's what's up. Yeah. Everyone, like... Wear your nice shirt. Wear your nice shirt. You know, put your good shoes on and tell them it's your birthday and see if they give you free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, tight. That's what's up. <laughs> so from a little age, yes. my parents... So when we lived in Bellingham, we actually... I hope my parents might listen to this, but we didn't have a lot of money. So they're hustlers, tried and true. Shouts out to my mom and dad. But anyway, so nice. grew up... And that's so where we lived in Bellingham, did the whole poor folks thing. Came back to San Jose and did the whole poor folks thing. Just grew up as a little... Little little, little rascal in San Jose. How did, what was your favorite thing about growing up in San Jose? Like, as a kid. Well, you know what? A lot... It's I, It's interesting is there's obviously not a lot there. Like, like people like always clown on San Jose. They're like, what's there to do? This is like infinite threshold of suburbs, of nothingness. And, you know, everyone kind of knows each other despite it like being a, a big place to live. Like, it's a big city. It's like Reno, right, is like the littlest big city. I joke, and a lot of our friends say, San Jose is the littlest big city. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so it's, everyone knows each other. There are a lot of suburbs, but there's just a lot of boredom, nothing to do. Like, when you're a kid there, uh-huh. You just have to make your own fun. Like, you have to do whatever you can. What was something you would do to, like, have fun? We actually lived by this creek, like, right behind our house. Mm -hmm. So me, brother and sister, for years and years and years, we would just go in the creek, hang out, chill in the water, try to catch little guppies and stuff, and play with bugs and frogs, and shoot cans with a BB gun. We were kind of like hillbillies in a way. Like, I never really <laughs> thought about that. And I always... Uh, Beverly Hills hillbillies. Yes, like that. We were but San, in San Jose, yeah, far the, away. The, the, the San hillbillies. That's us. <laughs> Me, my mom, dad, brother, sister. <laughs> a dead dog, Fuji, with the Facebook. <laughs> the hillbillies. That's us. <laughs> yeah, we were just totally chilling the creek. Just treading water. Laying out there in the sun. Doing hillbilly shit. Mm-hmm. For years. And to me, I was like, this is the life. Yeah. I was like, a kid could get used to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sounds super well, also, dope. My whole family lives there and has lived there. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like fourth, fifth generation San Jose natives, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's like a lot of weird history. I could go on and on and brag about the weirdest history. Like, uh, great, 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 great uncle James Reed spun off from the Donner Party slid through he was like one of the first mayors of san jose that's an uncle of mine and oh sick if you ever read patty's read patty reed's doll as a kid like that's all about him and his family nice you know that's a little bit of history there my gosh we had a celebrity working at cat cloud the whole time time, and no one knew it i knew i knew it i know you know i want you to know that i I knew i'm the true blood heir of san jose (laughs) all of shark city belongs to me (laughs) it sounds like a bad guy from (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh. just send him straight to the shadow realm yeah man seriously yeah san jose is the shadow realm so growing up (laughs) 
I have young parents, and they actually got me into a lot of the music and a lot of stuff that I like. And for years, for years, I always clown on my mom and dad for being hella cheesy. Yeah. I was like, well, you shut up. That's cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. But growing up, you know, some of the earliest music I remember listening to with my mom and dad was Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, the big four, Uh you know, all of that. The Cure, Van Halen. A little bit Judas Priest, Queen, like all the good stuff. You know, I just grew up. Proper education. Proper education, yeah. yeah. I was like, my parents knew that public school in San Jose was going to skimp us on the real stuff. <laughs> they already knew it, so <laughs> they had to do the real history right there. So, yeah. like, they're like, my dad's like, you know, we need to listen to Metallica. So, from an early age, I was a rocker. Born and, born and raised, mom and dad rockers. Like, you can name, like, any, like, of the old, like, when you think, like, 80s, 90s, like, heavy metal rock, anything from Alice in Chains, Van Halen, like, Metallica, like my parents were at those shows. Like I'll be like, man, I that's so sick. I love Alice in Chains. Or my mom and dad will tell you like ten times they saw Alice in Chains before Lane Staley passed away and all this, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. But I love No Doubt. My dad would be like, I saw No Doubt play oh, at dude. the Cactus Club. Da-da-da. I saw Guar play at oh. the Cactus Club. A lot of shows were at the Cactus Club. <laughs> the place is not around anymore. But my dad was at. If you're listening and you remember the Cactus Club, please reach out to me. I want to. I want to pick your brain about it because my dad was there and. Yeah. Every show it seems like was just legendary, and people didn't know. Like bands like Nirvana played there before they were big. Yeah. People saw Nirvana play at the Cactus Club in downtown San Jose, which is yeah. Now this really sweet like, I think it's called like Miami Club, <laughs> and it's also cool, but <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> Anyways. So big, big fan. So much love for San Jose. Like, so much. Crazy, I'm actually I'm crazy. I'm gonna love. get Shark City tattooed on my stomach. Nice. Oh, finally. Like I that, know you've been like, talking about like it. That, yeah. like that kind of like hard like gothic lettering, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm working That's on. So saving sick. my pennies for that. Heck yeah. So please tip all your pennies. Yeah, come to Cat and Cloud. Yeah. Give me a couple pennies in Bailey the tip jar. Fun. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a San Ho fun right there. <laughs> I mean, it puts gas in my car to commute, you know? Yeah, because you still live there and you make the commute to San Jose or from San Jose to Santa Cruz pretty much, pretty much almost every- daily. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Nice. And uh, I know it's hard and difficult sometimes to, like, make that commute, especially, like, on crazy rainy days or, like, on the times when the weather's bad. I drove through the snow the other day just for Chris Bach and I take a picture of me in the bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, But we'll we'll get back to the commute part. Yes. uh, Because that's really interesting. I want to talk about that. But I wanted to ask... Who would you say in, like, your early life up until now or even just recently is, like, a very influential influential person in your life or an influential moment that now, like, you know, makes Bailey Bailey? It's an interesting question. Um, I, would say, I would say Les Claypool from Primus. Nice. <laughs> Primus. Bay Area. Love Primus. I love Primus. I love Primus. My dad shouts out Cactus Club. My dad seen Primus <laughs> play there back in the day too. <laughs> um, I would say my I would say my dad. I mean my whole family really. Yeah. But my my dad. We have a, a kind of an interesting relationship, and we don't agree in a lot of ways on things politically or even philosophically. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point. And for years, you know, I was kind of I tried to rebel how I could, but. You know, and this was gonna 
show me a lesson if I rebelled too hard. Right. So I like to make it seem like I was like hella badass when I was a kid. Yeah. But I was always like, my mom and dad are gonna beat my. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm, I know exactly you know what, what you're I'm talking saying? about. You know what I'm yeah. That's just how it was. Like, I, yeah. I can't go back and change that. And, but anyways, anyways, I even if it, we we just used to clash. I always butt heads with my dad when I was younger, and I was, I said, but. We're like best friends now until I realize we're just the same person. And mm. I don't know how much of that is nature versus nurture or whatever. Right, right. If you raised me to be a mini me or not. Right, right. I don't know that. That is a different podcast, different interview, different questions. Yeah. But I would say, you know, my dad is probably one of my best friends now. Yeah. And I do look up to him. He's one of the most hardworking just persons I've ever met. Like, truly, his work ethic is like something else. He's a genius, smart motherfucker, man, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this guy, he's interesting cat but it wasn't until real like recently like the older i get the more i'm like you know what if i was in his position if i was wearing his shoes and i grew up how he did and i decided to have kids and start a family you know before i was 20 21 mm-hmm. all the hard shit that comes with that you know i would have yeah. probably done it almost like him in a lot of ways you know yeah and it's weird when you're a kid you're like nah man fuck that exactly no i like my dad's stupid i'm like i hope he doesn't see that i put that on my myspace (laughs) (laughs) you know my dad don't know how to use Uh, internet it's okay (laughs) my dad does that's the problem (laughs) but i would say someone i definitely look up to it and it's definitely him my grandpa i guess all my grandpas but my dad's dad like i'm like i'm gonna it's really close with him you know He's a rocker, too. He grew up, you know, in the 60s, all that hippie shit. Him mm. and my grandma. You can, like my parents, like you can say any 80s, 90s, like, big rock band, right? And my grandma and grandpa, like, you can be like, Jan Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Summer of Love, everything like that. They're like, yeah, we were there mm-hmm. doing all that. And I was like, no way. My Hell grandpa's yeah. actually the manager of the Doobie Brothers. They're from San Jose. If the you fuck Doobie with, Brothers? If you fuck with the Doobie Brothers, they're from San Jose. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, dad, grandparents... Pretty influential. And Les Claypool from Primus. And Les Claypool, yeah. What's something you're, like, super hyped on right now? Death metal. You're, like, super excited. Like, I got this thing, and I'm really excited about it. Death metal. What about death metal makes you super stoked right now? You know, people always ask me that, actually. Because, I mean, I, like, always, I'm, like, the annoying idiot. I feel like... I just discovered this new thing, but it's actually been kind of a big thing in my life for a long time. So mm-hmm. for a few different reasons. But off the bat, what I like about just heavy music in general, just anything raw, anything punk, even pop punk, indie rock, anything like that. Just music as like an artistic realm, something mm-hmm. that's worth exploring um, as just a, a means of catharsis. Okay, yeah. Um, but what I love about just, I mean, God... Anything with blast beats, slow, heavy breakdowns, nasty, just, you know, ass beater, mean, just fucking brutal riffs and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's listening to it and playing it and, you know, because I, I do play in a couple bands and stuff with some friends and I go to as many shows as I can in town. I went to one the other day. I'm trying to go to one, uh, like, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always just trying to, like, know where the shows are at. and But it's important, I think, for balance, and mental health in general. What yeah. I love about heavy music is like when you like, you feel like building up, right? Like yeah. it's such a healthy release. Like those are feelings Absolutely. everyone yeah. goes through. Them. It's not just a Libra thing, <laughs> trademark, but <laughs> everyone feels that that like urge that just like you just feel like you need a release or something, right? And and 
everyone takes that out in different ways, some healthy and, and some really not. And Absolutely. And so I've always just really gravitated towards angry, heavy, hard music. And if you ever really talk to me or meet me and you're like, that guy listens and plays music like that? You know, I love that. I love when people are like, bro, you're a noodle. <laughs> you look like broccoli, dog. Like, I love that. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm like, hey, I'm Bailey. Welcome to Can Cloud. Like, what can I get? A cappuccino to go? Heck yes. I'm going to get started on that right now. And I'm not being fake. Like, yeah. I love coffee as well, too. So I'm just, like, pumped to work in service and in a field that I can get behind. And then people are like, cool. And I'm like, all right, we're closed now. Like, what do you want to listen to? And the other person closing or opening is like, oh, whatever. I don't know. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> we're going to listen to the new Dying Fetus album. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, it's really good. I like the way the drums are recorded. And, and <laughs> turn it on and all it, the way to, like, until the little bars go. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then someone's like, so, Bailey, how was your morning? You're like, shh. I'm just not like, right now. Not right now. And it's, you know, crazy brutal. Like, it's, the, we're the riff is, to, there, it's, there's about to be a dive bomb right now. Don't talk to me after the dive bomb. Do not talk over the dive bomb. Okay, now you can speak. All right, now we go. <laughs> you know, um, and people are like, whoa, you know, it's, like, weird. So but. music's really important to you because it's a way to, like, balance and, like, kind of. Do you think it's a way to like kind of reconnect yourself? Absolutely. Reconnect with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely think so. I I think it 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 can be a healthy outlet, like for getting out those feelings where you feel really contained or trapped in your body, or yeah. you feel like your skin's really tight, or you're just very angry and upset. You can play and yeah. listen to music like that, and it's it's cathartic. It's good for you. And that's a super real feeling. Like you can't just be always walking around like, "Hi, I'm Bailey." I would not Hi, be able to do blah, blah, blah. that if it weren't for things like heavy music. Exactly. I would not be able 100%. And for years, that's how I kind of live my life. I'm very imbalanced. And I'm still not, but I'm trying to figure it out. So as a kid, I was like, I was like not super into it because it was like kind of scary, but I kind of liked that. I was like kind of, it's like watching a scary movie when you're a kid. I remember watching Sixth Sense, right? Yeah. Shouts out Bruce Willis. I don't know you, <laughs> but I'd like to. Um, and Haley Joel Osment. Oh, that's a yeah, little, yeah, that's a little, yeah. little kid in that movie. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Bull cut. Mm-hmm. Anyways... It's like when you're a kid and you see that and you're like, whoa, this is insane. Like, I, it freaks you out. Kind of traumatizing. Yeah. But you're like, oh, but I, I want to tell all my friends at school all about it. Oh, yeah. I want to go home and try and watch it again or listen yeah. to, listen to like Carcass or something when no one's lit home. I want to go do that. Yeah. So I always like had it there and I got more into like punk and, you know, different kind of stuff and hardcore when I was like in middle school. And then you kind of came back around to it and a lot of new bands were coming out and they kind of sounded like I'm really inspired by a big wave of 90s, like Florida, Swedish and British, especially like death metal bands. Big tons of bands coming out and totally re-inspired by that whole wave, that whole like 90s, mid 90s sound. Yeah. And it was really cool. Like I just like started going to shows, and all my friends' bands start sounding more like that. I wanted to play more music like that, and so nice. I like felt reconnected kind of to like my brother, who I'm not very close with. Yeah. But it's like we'll go to shows. We walked to a show last year. Yeah. In this local band, Neckrot, they played at kind of near my house, and they just cruised on over with him and some friends. And nice. Cool, you know. So you, I think you mentioned it, and if not, a lot of people know you. You play in different bands, and you play bass. That's what I play. When did you start actually, like, playing music? Like, I'm assuming it started with listening to music, and then you started, like, I want to actually play this thing. Like, what kind of gave you, gave you that inclination to start playing music? When I was really young, I remember we had a bass, like mm-hmm. a bass guitar. Mm-hmm. Fender five-string, sweet little thing. 
Loved it. It was my dad's. And when he was younger, him and his dumb friends were like, we're starting a band, man. We don't know how to play anything. <laughs> so they told my dad, they're like, dude, you got to buy a bass guitar or you're out of our band. Mm-hmm. And so he did. He went and bought a bass pretty much and just had it. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was really young, my brother tried to play it and he was kind of younger and then was like, okay, whatever. And then I remember I was super into my favorite bands were Reliant K, The Ramones, Dead Kennedys. Did I already say Minor Threat? Mm-mm. Minor Threat. I don't know. I can name all that crap, but. Yeah. Um, I just was like, I love this music. And I remember I had, I found the bass in the garage and my dad was like, well, yeah, you can play it if you can like get it kind of working and fix like it needs new strings and mm-hmm. all this. And he's like, yeah, if you want to do that, go ahead. And I was like, really? And I never looked back since. Nice. I would just go on YouTube, go on LimeWire, go on MySpace, and I would just listen to all, like I was in, I was in the sixth or seventh grade mm-hmm. and I was just starting to kind of form my own taste in music. Mm-hmm. And I would just listen to, yeah, like a Ramon song or something. I would like, listen along to it and try to figure out how to play it. And it's like when YouTube still kind of sucked. So there wasn't a lot. <laughs> it was all pixely. Dude, oh, <laughs> yes. Back in the day, old school, we're talking 2005, six YouTube right here. The, the golden days. I started playing music in the seventh grade. I found my dad's bass. I just wanted to play punk rock. All I cared about was punk rock. Um, my parents sent me to a private like christian conservative school in seventh grade mm-hmm. so in sixth grade i went to the straight up like the little walk the mile hot cheetos and cholo like little middle school in town you know the, the good stuff right you know yeah, you know you know about, yeah yeah and they were like oh you know we're gonna send you to a private school so you get a better education mm-hmm. and i didn't want to go Mm-hmm. I was that's probably what sparked a lot of the rebellion at an early age. So I went there and I was like, dude, fuck, dude, this sucks, dude. Like, there's a it's a really small school. It's like a sixth grade all the way through twelfth grade. Class sizes are tiny, and in hindsight, the education was probably way better. But mm-hmm. it was like a private school. And I remember being, you know, not cheap, and so it was my goal early on to try and get kicked out. Uh-huh. So, anyways, go to the school. There's this kid. Shout out to this guy. His name is Tucker. I saw him at the bar like last year and he remembered me uh-huh. name was tucker and i remember i liked rock and roll and stuff i was like just in the seventh grade i was a little chubby i looked like a peanut m and oh. you know <laughs> the days i wore like flip-flops and like baggy ass pants every day anyways <laughs> tucker was like what kind of music do you like and i was like i guess like you know rock and roll and i remember he showed me minor threat he mm-hmm. like put he's like listen to this we were in detention or something and he had his headphones he's like listen to this and it was minor threat I, I heard the song Straight Edge and we listened to all of Out of Step and my mind was blown. I was like, I just care about that. And so it's kind of funny. My parents want me to go to this private school and this this kid showed me like 80s hardcore music. Mm-hmm. And from there, the whole world was changed. All I cared about was playing music. I went nice. home. I remember I had the little bass and I was yeah. like, I really need to dive down. I need yeah. to figure out how to do this. Got kicked out in seventh grade. Go back to the little middle school, like the, pu- the public school I went to in sixth grade. Uh-huh. All the friends have now changed. All the kids were different. They were all into like weird, like screamo, like, w- like what I thought was screamo, but it was like, you know, Vans Warped Tour. Mm, mm-hmm. I never really got into a lot of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's in fair. Hindsight, you yeah. know, they, I was like, I was like, no, that's not, that's not hardcore. I was like, hardcore is is like Gorilla Biscuits. Hardcore is like I started naming all that old school hardcore. Yeah, I didn't know anything about new school hardcore. All that yeah. work tour stuff. Come on, guys. Some of it's all right. Some of it's all right. I've changed my opinions on it. Anyway, I show up and there's a kid there in my eighth grade history class named Jason, and he was the only other dude that liked bands like Circle Jerks and The Germs and Dead Kennedys and like all this stuff. 
And I just like became friends with him, and we were both like our favorite band. Like he really got me into him was Operation Ivy, and it still is. So me and Jason, like we wanted to start a band like that. We wanted to start a band like Operation Ivy, mm-hmm. and we kind of did. And then we both went to different high schools and got kind of into different things, but we still remain best friends. And we're in like a ska band in high school still. And so sick. If I find that tape, I'll, I'll let you borrow. You have a way to listen to tapes. Hell yeah. You got. I'll let you borrow. I'll let you borrow the Caps tape. Yes. I, I don't have one. I have to borrow it from Jason because he's responsible. He graduated mm-hmm. from college. <laughs> I went to community college like seven times. <laughs> I'm going to go back to eighth oh, time. Nice. Eighth time's a charm. I'm going back Hell to yeah. De Anza. I'm going to do film studies. Dude. Oh, my. High five. I love that. I'm, I'm really excited. I re- pretty much just want to make my own version of Clerks with my own friends. Yes, on finally. my own soundtrack. We need this. Yeah, yes. I want to be the Kevin Smith preachy vegan of my generation. I'm so excited. I love Kevin Smith. He's, he's back to who inspires you, who's a hero, Kevin fucking Smith. I love that guy. Feely, I'm so proud of you. Thank and I'm, you. I'm more proud. I'm like more happy for you because like you're really excited about this. I'm really excited. I'm like nervous because like I, I like every day I think about it and I doubt myself. Like I'm like I'm too stupid. I'm too dumb to go to school. Like the reason I keep dropping out is because like it's you know it's hard for me and all this. And I was like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've never really even made movies or or worked on screenwriting. And I, every day I have these doubts and they eat at me. And then I think about it. I'm like honestly though, like that pushes me to want to jump in the deeper end. Hell more yeah. Yeah, that should. It really does. You, sh- you should not think that you're not smart or whatever. Like, uh, freaking, we're all dumb. And we're all, like, hella smart, too. Yeah, like, we're all dumb. I think one like, thing... Like, everyone's a little dumb. Everyone's a little dumb. Everyone's a little dumb. I, I think one thing I really like about you, and I think a lot of people also, too, is whenever you talk about something you're super hyped on, like, you, it's genuine. Like, you are super hyped about it. <laughs> it's No, and it's so, it's so good because it goes back to, like, not not being fake i try not to be it's like that's a real feeling like if you're not about it you're like i don't know what that is i'm gonna move on to this thing that i do know what i'm talking about or that i actually like feel really passionate about and i think like you get that immediately and so i think that's i mean totally jump in if you think differently but when people come in and they meet you and then they're like wow that's a really sweet guy and he's so goofy and so funny <laughs> but also too like and then they associate it with the kind of music you listen to, and they're like, there's no way that's, like, the same person. And it's like, no. That's me. That's that's Bailey. That's, oh, God. And I think that's, I really like that about you. Thank A you. lot of people do, too. Thanks. So. I'm so happy for you and all the decisions you're going to make. So Thanks, that, everyone. I'm, I'm right here with you, you know? You're a real one. You're a real one. You're a real one. We're both real ones. It's a Libra thing. It's a Libra thing. You heard it here third. We're Libras. I'm an honorary Libra. Honorary Libra. Honorary for Libra today. here for today. Man, uh. if you're still listening, damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn. That's you're like, who are these fools? <laughs> if you're tuning in, this is the podcast, Coffee Dogs and Riffs. Coffee Dogs and Riffs. This is it. Um, Those are my three favorite things. The unholy trinity. <laughs> to bring it back to coffee. Yes. How did your coffee journey start? I started working at a specialty shop in San Jose called Chromatic Coffee. Mm-hmm. About a year or so after they had opened and became a company, they kind of they were a different company called Barefoot, who I have a lot of love and respect for. They're 
you know, part of a, a big wave of like the early Bay Area specialty roasters, like Barefoot and the impact that they had and a lot of people that worked there at some point or they were just heavily involved in Bay Area coffee. They were big. They represented the South Bay specifically. You know, San Jose is not San Francisco. San Jose is not Oakland. We never mm. claimed to be, mm-hmm. you know. So the fact that there was there were people that were very passionate about, you know, this big explosion in what we call now third wave or even specialty coffee. Just it was just you know the new coffee thing at the time. They they have a little bit of a legacy, you know. Like people still to this day that have worked there are big in the coffee world. There's a lot of people, and they've created a lot of resources and things for folks. That was Barefoot, and a company that kind of spun off of them, and a lot of the the big impact that positive impact that Barefoot had uh, spawned Chromatic Coffee. Mm-hmm. And I remember going there with someone because they would have like acoustic shows and things or friends bands from town would play inside mm-hmm. a coffee shop mm-hmm. in like San Jose, Santa Clara, you know, very like, it's kind of random. Like you get there and you're like, oh, this is Chromatic Coffee. This is the coffee shop that's by the De Anza Community College that everyone comes to. Like it's like the cool coffee shop, mm-hmm. but it seems kind of like off the grid, a little low key. And I kind of like that. So I remember seeing some people play there and I was like, oh, weird. I got like a chai or something, mm-hmm. yeah. and I thought it was cool, and I was like, whatever. And my friend shouts out to probably one of my best friends also, my friend Ryan. He worked at a specialty shop over the hill in San Jose as well, at Bolano. Shouts out to them. Shouts out to the Ruckmans. I love you, Bolano. He worked there, and he was like, hey, that shop Chromatic, I think you've been there before. We've seen some shows there in the past. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I have, I've been there, yeah. And he was like, they're hiring, man. And I know you're posting all about how you need a job because you got fired from that <laughs> crazy one you worked at. That's, I wish I could really, really go into detail there, but yeah. I For plead your the fifth. sake. We plead in the fifth. <laughs> it's a Libra I thing. No I ain't no snitch. And we're pleading the fifth. And he's like, dude, just apply, man. And yeah. I remember applying there and all the older cool punk people from San Jose that like threw on the house shows and were in all the cool bands. They all kind of worked there. And I was so intimidated. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, do you know anything about specialty coffee? And I was like, no, I've, I've just, I've been here before. That's it. And I got hired and... Man, I can the the list of shouts out from there. All the all the you know really strong like women and females, femmes, non-binary and trans folks mm-hmm. that kind of took me under their wing when I was young to show me everything about this coffee world and everything that they knew and wanted to have me learn from them and under mm-hmm. them. You know, like the manager Tessa and Sharice Bean, who is in Try the Pie, that uh, another band I play in and. Yeah, L and Emily. I can just keep naming all these people I worked with at Chromatic. Hell that, yeah, yeah. That were like, you're this crazy-ass little kid that doesn't know shit about coffee, but is really passionate about this job. And I just, yeah, I could go on and on about how much love that I have and I'm thankful for. Everything that I learned from working in the early days at Chromatic and Iver and the folks at the roastery team as well. I was doing production and cupping and eventually started doing training and... I just thought coffee was some hot shit that you got at Denny's <laughs> when you were trying to kill a high. Like, I really, really, really thought as a kid, I, was like, I don't know. I was like, coffee, like, they had that Butterfingers flavor off at 7-Eleven over there by my friend's house. Yeah. Like, oh. that's all I know. Like I was, like, yeah. I, was like, I was like, I've been to Starbucks, and I've got uh, that strawberry frappuccino one <laughs> with hella whipped cream. Like, I remember being a kid and thinking, like, I don't know what coffee is. They showed me, you know, it's a plant, and I didn't even know that. 
I yeah. didn't even know coffee grew on a tree, really. Straight up, yeah. Um, so that's how I got started. And from there, it was just like anything, kind of like what you said earlier, when I get really passionate and I want to learn about something, something I don't know anything about, I get really intimidated and shut off from it and kind of hate on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, this is stupid. Like, what the hell? Like, what's this? And it just drove me more and more and more and more to learn as much as I could about the science behind extraction and how to pour latte art. And I sucked horrible. <laughs> like, I thought I was going to get fired every day I went to work because I was stupid and didn't know anything about coffee. And I was so bummed. And it just pushed me. Like, it really, I wanted to be like Ash Ketchum. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to be. I want to catch. I want to be the, the very best. best. No one ever was To catch them is my real test To train them is my heart Which takes me to my next point I became the trainer uh, at this place I All the new Six people segue. that were like me yes, They were like, I don't know anything about coffee I'm intimidated by it I get coffee at Denny's when I'm fucked up Like, that's about all I know And I'm like, oh I'm like, well, first off It's a plant And then we roast it And we brew it up mm-hmm. with nice water and we serve it to people and you know i became that guy i was the trainer really and i was like oh my god they trust me with all this information about where coffee comes from who grows it and why how Did much that make it costs you worried or was it more was humbling pumped. it was or? awesome i eventually i i learned so much from being a teacher and i am truly just still humbled by that experience mm-hmm. like you obviously like being a teacher or a trainer or an instructor, you end up learning, I think, more or just as much as your students and the people you take under your wing. Like, oh, yeah. you're always learning with them. Mm-hmm. And people ask this, what you are like, that's a stupid question. Or like, that's a crazy question. I've never thought of that. And you're like, I'll go home and look it up. Or we all have iPhones and shit now. Like, I'll Google that right now. <laughs> I don't know why we have agreed on uh, why 150 parts per million is the correct mineral content for the water used in brewing coffee and you know in america like Mm -hmm. you know i was like that's a great i don't question it i just make coffee to those standards Mm -hmm. i don't know why we've agreed that this temperature brews these types of espressos roasted like this and these conditions better than water that's like this like i was like that's crazy so i'm learning just tons and tons total fake it till you make it like i was winging i would show people how to use the pos system i would show people how to turn the lights off when they lock the doors. You know, yeah. I was just taking that at first and eventually learning more about how manual brew methods were all different from each other and uh-huh. how different grinders and burst sets affect the extraction of the coffee and, and so on and all that nerdy crap. So you were at Chromatic. That was your first coffee shop experience. Yeah. Then you became from Baby Bailey to Big Bailey. Yes. And then what transitioned or what... Then you came to Cat and Cloud. How was that transition? It's crazy. Uh-huh. Loved it. Still nice. do. Um, you know, I worked at Chromatic, and I was, you know, so after a while, I became, like, the trainer and showing people to do it. And there's people, you know, you show them how to steam milk, and they don't get it. I didn't get it for an incredibly long time. And some people do. They're just like, oh, duh, you just go like this, boom. It's a slow Zeta. And I'm like, it's your eighth day of work. What is slow Zeta? <laughs> I don't even know what that is yet, you uh-huh. know? Some people, they just have a knack for it, and some people don't, like me. But there's you know, a lot of times I'd be like, um, I'm going to show you a video right now by our friend Chris Baca on how to steam milk and how to pour a cappuccino. And... 
you're we're gonna watch this together we're gonna we're gonna watch this video and he'll explain it a million times better than i ever will mm -hmm. and training people with chris's videos i was always just a big fan even you know back in the verve days when i first started getting into specialty and just being like you know if you wanted to get good coffee you know and you wanted to leave your town destination you know go to verve in santa cruz go to Ritual in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. You're like, man, I got to do it. Like, those are the places to go. And seeing people like Chris and Jared working and stuff and all these videos of them, like, skating at the roastery and just totally just defining themselves, being themselves within, like, the coffee world and kind of defying the stereotypes in a lot of ways of what people think specialty coffee roasters and the owners of a company should and need to be mm -hmm. totally doing whatever the fuck they wanted. That was yeah. the coolest shit. So I just like immediately gratitude that. And I remember listening to the Cat and Cloud Coffee podcast. I remember before that when it first started like happening and they were roasting what at, at the French press, right? That's where, like mm -hmm. the first stuff was coming out of my boy Seth. Shouts out to Seth, dude. He's at Manresa right now doing the coffee stuff there. He was at Bolano. He worked with Ryan X who got me the job in coffee to begin with. Hell yeah. My boy Seth, I remember he went and he picked up one of the first bags of Cat and Cloud. And, I remember him and the packaging still hasn't really changed since then. Mm -hmm. I remember him showing it to me. I went to the shop he worked at in San Jose and him like ripping me EK shots, making pour overs. We like killed through like most of this bag. He was so pumped. It's like, dude, this is Chris and Jared and their friend Charles like doing this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, and I was like, oh, this is like, yeah, I've been hearing about this. And I remember when they did the companion over there on the west side, mm -hmm. the pop-up, we would do a coffee crawl chromatic and we all were like, we're gonna go to the companion like and see them. And I remember Tanner was working and you know, it was Chris and Jared, you know, doing their thing, just like working in the companion shop, ripping shots, and we ordered fucking everything possible. The pastries too, I remember mm -hmm. we got like four slices of pie, hella stuff, like <laughs> tons and tons, like hella pastries and yeah. coffee drinks, and we got me and some of the chromatic coffee crawl folks, we got fucked up, man, like straight up. <laughs> like we were jacked and like yeah. hanging out with them and talking to them and I was like trying not to nerd out it's like when you see someone oh, in a band it's yeah. like when i met les claypool and i went hi <laughs> and he walked right past me i actually never really met him anyway, <laughs> uh, he, uh, if you're listening less uh, i would love for you to get into touch with alex or mark at the wholesale i will give you a bag of coffee on me if you're listening les claypool Aww. from primus hell yeah I love you. Um, we're, we're, we're gonna get you there. We're gonna get. Let's just do it. Honestly, yeah. let's just mail Les Claypool coffee. Anyways, it was like that though. <laughs> I was like, oh man, like how did you pull that shot? What are your parameters, dude? Like, whoa, that machine, like da da da. Like, dude, the way to steam the milk, like, did you like did it? I, I was like gigging out, and I was like, okay, calm down. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Bailey. Like, just, <laughs> and I remember, and I remember driving past on that same coffee crawl, this building right behind me, like mm -hmm. where the current. Cat and Cloud, like, number one, used to be the roastery. This, you know, the shops, it's 3600 Portola. Like, mm -hmm. I remember driving past it, and the sign wasn't even up yet, and they were like, that's where the shop's going to be. Like, we were all fucking pumped out of our minds. Nice. And I remember coming here finally when the shop opened on another little coffee crawl with, you know, with Ryan X and uh, my other best friend. I got a lot of best friends. It's weird. But my best friend, Sharice, <laughs> uh -huh. I remember we all came here. And we got creamy beige, cappuccino, batch brew, by the cup, split and espresso, also a one-in-one. -one. We ordered, like, the whole thing. <laughs> like, you know, and the health inspector on on SpongeBob comes, and he gets everything off the menu. <laughs> we went, like, went, like, that hard, for real. Like, we went that hard. And I just was like, oh, my fucking God. Every crazy coffee shop I'd ever been to, every 
idea I had just felt like was I don't know this was different this I don't even have words for it. I just mm-hmm. remember doing that and blown away so then and what was the step where you were like I need a I want to be part of this like what was that switch in that moment as well when I realized objectively yes the coffee has exceeded my expectations and trying to question why and how they were so consistent but the way that that stuff was handled mm-hmm. the way that my experience like I thought the staff was so nice I thought that everything it just it just seemed like such a well-oiled machine like like I, I didn't realize until working here how intentional like how important that is to us as a company and a culture Heck how yeah. the, the way that you can give someone the most well-extracted perfectly pulled God shot of their life and you can tell them that. You can tell them everything about how only three people have ever seen this coffee and this geisha this. And Pam, we know the farmers that. And this is how I dialed it in. And the coffee nerd will totally shit his pants, right? You can totally <laughs> do that. But the barista serving it to you can be a rude-ass piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, no, nah, I was okay. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, I guess yeah. I was I'll be like, all right. I'll be like, eh, it's cool. Yeah. But it's the way and the intention and how it's served to you. Mm-hmm totally elevates the experience and is in a way just it's so much more and part of the overall experience so not only did i order like nine drinks and spend all my money you know (laughs) just hanging out here in the coffee shop and watching chris roast in the window and stuff Uh it just seemed like everything the way it was done was just as excellent or more Uh and that blew my mind and i just remember i was like dude i I, I chromatic i i was like i i love it i've learned so much here but I think I feel like the next journey, the next big step in my coffee career, if you can want to and make it a career mm-hmm. and you have the ability to mm-hmm. pursue it. And everyone was so supportive and like just like, you know, big cheerleaders and rooting for me at Chromatic. Nice. They're like, oh, my God, you could totally work at at um, at Cat and Cloud. You're like this weird, freaky coffee nerd, like <laughs> crazy person. Yeah. Like you would somehow fit in and be so embraced by them and yeah. were rooting for me. And that's super sweet. I feel it was awesome. You know, it's yeah, like, you know, you it's, leave that place and you're like, there's no hard feelings. It's actually really supportive. And so you don't feel bad. It reminded me of that meme where there's like four pit bulls all up watching the TV. Uh-huh. They're all faces up on the TV, like these big ass pit bulls. And they're watching a dog show, and they see a, like a like a pit bull, like a I don't remember if it's a Staffordshire or an American bull, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they see this dog in the dog show on the TV, and it, the caption is "One of your homies make it out the hood." <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. What I thought, <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm gonna look that up after this. That's one of my all-time favorite memes. Nice. But you know, and you support. You're like obviously like you know where you come from. You know who has yeah. your back. And that's what like. The support system is is huge. It's a community. Yeah, and that's what I feel like specialty coffee should be. Like it's Absolutely. somewhat small, progressively go- growing, but it should be very like very supportive, very like Again, we're all doing the same thing. We're all trying to just make it out there. We're all just all doing the same thing it's so easy to just kind of hate on each other and be like oh well i'm I'm doing it this way and i'm doing it this way i hate the haters why can't you just be super stoked for people doing it differently or doing it differently than same team same team so all common goals that makes me super happy that the old coffee shop you used to work at like they were pumped they were excited like dude you need to pursue it you know they're homies with chris and jared too they got all from even the old school verve and the old school barefoot days 
they were all, you know, it's again, they see the bigger picture. This yeah. is the same team. If you want to pursue this, if you're passionate about coffee and serving and you want to make this a career and that's what you think is the next step, fucking do it. Jump in the deep end. Yeah. Even if you're scared and intimidated. That's so awesome. Like, it, it'll push you harder. And so it was awesome to see. And so earlier we were talking about when we first started about your commute from San Jose San to, to Santa Cruz. And this is something you do pretty much every day. I love it. What about, like, working at Cat and Cloud keeps you here and keeps you from making the same, like, commute here? Like, why do you, why do you keep doing it? Because you could easily just stay in San Jose and do something there. Well, there were a couple times I wanted to move here for sure, and I kind of thought I was going to, and mm -hmm. a few things kind of fell through, you know, family, personal, life, mm -hmm. housing crisis type stuff. Right. And you know the way it affects young adults. So there have been a few times where I'm like, oh, I just got to move to Santa Cruz, and it falls through. And mm -hmm. but it's just worth it every time. I every time I drive over the hill, I listen to the podcast. I'm in the car for anywhere from 35 minutes to two hours. Sometimes traffic, it's rain. It's it's, it's it can really be insane. Brutal. It can be. So that's insane. why it's insane. It's super admirable that you still you still make the commute every day. And then you still, like, are here and do your job. And then everyone's super stoked to have you and to see you. And, like, you're also, like, super stoked. And I'm sure it's hard sometimes, too. Absolutely. Like, especially on those opening shifts. Like, I know it's got to be really hard. I get up at 4.15. Yeah. <laughs> and my alarm set, too. That And that is, that's a lot of respect right there. And that's super admirable. So. Well, thank you. Yeah. So... But what about, like, why, again, again, you could work anywhere else, but why do you, like, decide to stay here? I feel like a lot of the core sort of mission and the values, really, of this coffee shop and what when really spoke out to me that first time I finally got to make it here when the shop opened are just very congruent in the the, the views I have of where specialty coffee is going and where it needs to be. Like... It used to be like obviously like hipster garbage, you know, that what boomers would probably think of specialty to be like a total dickhead, piece of shit, hipster barista, kind of rude to the customers, you know, mm -hmm. like that was kind of in like people kind of liked that. Mm -hmm. Like people thought that was part of the experience. Like mm -hmm. you hear all these weird stories. I'm sure, you know, someone like Chris will probably tell you more and. I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to put any any point the finger at anyone because that's just kind of how it was, semi-universally. You'd go to this cool new shop in town, and they had light roast coffee and did hand pours and, mm -hmm. you know, made Gibraltars, you know. Mm -hmm. And you'd, like, ask them, like, where'd this coffee come from? Or, like, why is it like this? And they'd just kind of, like, laugh at you and be like, shh, you don't know? Mm-hmm. You don't know what microfoam is? It's like, no, I I'm don't. Like, I'm talking into a microfoam. No, what the hell? Like, what the fuck? No, I'm a kid, bro. Like, I want a chai latte, like, with vanilla. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And they just kind of like, it was like a thing. But working here and seeing that, yeah, that whole, and then it became about being super nerdy. Like, you'd go somewhere and someone would serve you amazing fucking, like, face-melting coffee that you've never had before. And you would just kind of then be like, okay, here's $9 for my coffee. Bye. And then you'd walk out and be like, wow, I'm so satisfied now. Like, that was the best coffee I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, weird. And we're like, okay, 
now I feel like it's not a trend necessarily because these things are important in the development of the industry and where things are going and how it's affecting larger corporate and what were second wave coffee shops. The influence that, that third wave and specialty is having on places like Starbucks and McDonald's is undeniable. And I do think the next big movement within that and the next direction where coffee shops really need to go is how to connect with the people in your community, how to connect with the people that come in every day, how people who are not regulars, how do they slowly or overnight become regulars? Yeah. You know, and when you work in a coffee shop in the same one or you work in the same town for a while, you become so attached to the people who come in. You get to see babies be born and start school. Like I, I have coffee babies. Absolutely. Or you see people, their family and the things they go through. Or you become friends with the people who come in. Or you, they get jobs. Their kids are like, I want to work at this coffee shop in my town now. And you're like, I don't fucking remember you're in the, the fifth grade, man. You can't get a job. Come on. <laughs> and or you see people, you know, you go, you just, you be, the the family model like extends so much further. And I've often believed that. To an extent, family is kind of a social construct. Like, sure, you have blood relatives, but you oh, have a chosen yeah. family, and you belong yeah. to people who... I'm trying not to get super teary-eyed, but people that belong and who, that you belong to and are part of a bigger family unit is much more than just who we're related to by blood. I, and, I agree, absolutely. And without trying to capitalize on that, without using that as your gimmick, like, oh, we're so close with our customers, or like, we have such nice customer service here... Just using that as a fucked up ploy to get people to come in because they think you're nice. But when you're genuinely that invested and that connected to the people who come into your shop and you feel like it's reciprocated, there's nothing, there's just no greater feeling than that. Like, there's nothing yeah. more sincere. Like, inclusiveness. Like, that's Absolutely. the most important thing. The, the vulnerability that it takes cannot be faked. Yeah. To, to achieve that with the people that come into your shop. The people that you... They're like, they get the same thing every day. They're regulars. And you become part of that family. And yeah. that's so important. And I wish that that was bigger than it is. But, you know, we're seeing it happen more and yeah. more. I'm not saying we in fucking invented that. Places oh, have no, been doing absolutely. that forever. Yeah. Yeah. You go to a, a diner in the 40s and that was there. You go to the, uh, your, not Guitar Center, but your local music store, they have that vibe there, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the fact that we're seeing the significance of that and a lot of the demystification and a lot of the crap that came with specialty coffee, mm -hmm. and as we're learning more and more how to do that, yeah, is so important. I have a question about that last part you were talking about, and uh, again, you could agree that what we do to like try to make that effort to make everything feel very like authentic and very like family related and oriented oriented is really it's not easy right hell no and sometimes like you don't want to do it because no. you're just so tired big time but what do you what's something you would like if if you could tell everyone we work with here to like help or to encourage people like to like keep doing what we're doing because it's working but sometimes you don't see it because it's happening every day yeah What's something like you wish someone would tell you or you tell yourself that you could also tell other people to like encourage them? It's interesting. It would just be just be you. Yeah. You know, like just be your authentic self. Be and obviously baristas, most of us are young and broke. We're figuring that out the hardest way every day that we can. Mm -hmm. So just be you. That sounds like some garbage like a big ass company like Nike would say to try and sell you something, <laughs> you know, like that just sounds like some fake ass Hallmark shit to me. Mm -hmm. But literally, you know, 
it, it it's that's what it's about. I try to just be me with everyone. I try. Maybe you know, you try a different character, or you try a different spiel on someone, or you try. And sometimes you don't connect with someone. We're dealing with people who haven't had coffee in the morning. And I used to, when I was younger, I thought that was the stupidest shit. Like I feel like they'd come in all grumpy and they'd be like, I haven't had my coffee yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, now that I'm a few years older, mm-hmm. in the mornings on my days off. Mm-hmm. I'm a piece of shit. I'm, I'm fucking mean. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, God, the dogs woke me up. The neighbors are already yelling at each other. And, oh, we got, got text messages and calls. It's early. Like, I'm like, dude. So it's not easy to connect with people. We do deal with a lot of people who were perhaps irritable or on their way to a job yeah. that they fucking hate. Yeah. That kills them every day or something, you know. Yeah. And they don't get to work in a fun coffee shop where you can listen to super crush all day long oh with your friends. Oh my gosh, hell yeah. Or whatever, you know, like, yeah, sometimes I'm like, sure, I I, I get paid to, to do that. Yeah, to, to play music and drink coffee all day. But it's much, 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 much more than that. That's a fucked up oversimplification of what we do. Mm-hmm. But you don't connect with everyone is what I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Like, the way I talk to someone, the way when someone comes in, I don't know them. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, I do my thing, right? They're not feeling it. I can already see it in their face. They're saying, who is this guy? What's going on over there? They're mm-hmm. looking at me, and they're like, maybe it's a Libra thing, but we don't connect. <laughs> I don't know. Some, but And you don't, you don't take it personally. You just you, like, you let really it go. Can't. You just do what you can, and hopefully, you know, and we work with such a diverse team here, too. Someone can meet them at somewhere. Someone can be like, oh, you know, they can read it a little better. They, and so you just kind of pass it along. You're like, okay, well, Evelyn's going to make your coffee right now. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn, you know, has a much more chill and <laughs> willing to listen, hence the uh, one-in-one interviewing <laughs> project, you know, has, can take it or something and can usually connect with people on a much calmer level. When I see someone come in and I could just... I know they have ADHD as well. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, looking, I'm like, what'd you do you today? Was up. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, wait, my turn. <laughs> they fire it back at me, and I'm like, yes, my new best friend. Let me hey, write your number down on this little sleeve really quick. I love like, that about like, you, like, like, bro, though. we should jam sometime. Like, like, I'm trying to start this shit that sounds like Sepultura. And they're like, oh, me too, bro. Like, and then I become like a new best friend. Now I'm like, follow me on Instagram hella quick. Like, I got you here. And, you know, some people, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, was that for here to go? And I give them the thing, and they come back now, you know, and I hang out with them outside of work or something. And Nice. Sure. Yes, sometimes that works. But that's just... <laughs> Just because I try to be me, like I try to connect with them on how I know how to do it. If they're yeah. a coffee nerd, I'll like I'll have them, you know, ask me questions about the coffees, where they come from, who the farmers were, mm-hmm. the the process, and the way they were roasted and stuff. And yeah. I'll I'll talk to them and connect to them on that level. And maybe hopefully they also have ADHD and want to talk about thrash metal. And then I'll beg, bro. Now I got you there too, dog. Like we're talking about that too now. Hey, we close in like 15 minutes. Don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, again, it's just being you, and you connect with people on a very unique way. And how do you embrace that, and how do you want to do it as authentically and genuinely as you can? Because, again, I don't want it to be like we're, like, used car salesmen or, like, we're, like, sharks. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I don't want people to think we're being, like, fake nice to you and, you know, trying to kiss your ass so you can, like, come back and be like, this is the nicest coffee shop in town. Like, it's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. And if you think that, like, and you've ever had that or you've gotten that feeling, maybe for me personally, like, I didn't mean that in any way. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want people to know that I love working here because I get to be who I am and I get to connect with people and feel, like, totally part of this family and community. Hell yeah. 
And that's and really what I'm, it's... If you haven't been listening, listen now, because that's what it's all about. If you Libras are just out there tuning in, like... <laughs> I love you so much. You're so I'm, committed to this, I'm committed to this Libra thing. Shut up. If you're not a Libra, you can't sit with us, bro. Like, no, you can. You can. Honest, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't snitch. 